0: Wednesday, December 9th, 2020. Welcome to the Philly Press Box Radio Roundtable brought to you by the Irish Rover Station House in Langhorne, PA, and Allstate Insurance in Westchester, PA. I'm Bill Furman. I'll be your host tonight along with my partner, Jim Chet Chesko. Hey, Chet, the Eagles have gone into a full tailspin after another ugly loss to the Packers. We now have a quarterback change as well. This organization has mailed in the season. This fan isn't too happy about that. We'll cover it end to end tonight. Penn State went to Rutgers, took care of business. Michigan State's up this week, if that happens. A lot of goings on in the Big Ten. We'll also talk about that. It's Army-Navy week in West Point. Did I say in West Point and not in Philly? No Mm -hmm. fans allowed. All right, we got that. Inquired.com writer John Smallwood passed away this weekend, Chet, and sad to hear that. And, of course, we lost Dick Allen, too. 2020's been pretty awful for you, me, and the whole sports world. But, oh, yeah, I have another bombshell for you that we're going to talk about a little later on as well. I
1: don't know what that is, but I guess I'll find out. Yeah, what a bunch of sad news over the past week. The losses of – you didn't even mention some of these guys. Rafer Johnson, Chuck Yeager, former Phils hitting coach, Dennis Menke, and then, yeah, John Smallwood, the great Dick Allen. We'll have plenty to say about uh, Richie Dick Allen later on. My first favorite player as a young Phillies fan – And uh, speaking of sad, Bill, as you noted, another tough-to-watch loss by the Eagles. Uh, Although they did give us something to talk about this week, at the very least, with the change at quarterback, that will certainly add an interesting element to
0: Sunday's meeting with the Saints. Well, no doubt. And, uh, you know, we're going to be talking with a first-time guest here shortly, Eagles insider Dave Spadaro. Uh, That's certainly going to be interesting, as, as Dave was the guy that Doug broke the news to that he was making the... The change to Jalen, uh, you know, but in the meantime, let's talk about the dot coms. John Smallwood, you know, we lost a fine sports writer, been around a long time.
1: Yeah, I believe it was our pal Mike Sealski of the Inquirer and Daily News and a colleague of John Smallwood's, of course, who posted the news on Facebook during the Eagles Packers game on Sunday that uh yeah we lost john smallwood i i thought he had some sort of health problems but i had no idea his issues were so long-standing and so serious he had hodgkin's lymphoma for quite a while then heart and circulatory issues just 55 years old so that's a shame les bowen wrote a real nice obituary piece on monday about his colleague who by all accounts was a great personable guy in addition to being a terrific writer as well
0: yeah i think everything you read you know we've We've read his writings for a long time. We knew he was good at that. But, uh, you know, for those of us that don't know him, uh, didn't know him, he um, you know, the greatest compliments are what a good person he was. And our our friend Leslie Cadell also uh, made a a regarding what a good person John was. And that's the ultimate compliment at the end of the day.
1: Yeah, and, of course, we saw him regularly back in the the day, the early 2000s, into the the teens on Daily News Live and then Philly Sports Talk, as it was called. I used to love when they would have those little panel discussions every day during the Daily News Live program. And John was always, like, so very – low-key but he still made his point he was never a guy who yelled and screamed but uh he, he was just there made his point referred to some of his columns uh, and they were great I, I really liked reading john's stuff and he will be missed our our condolences for sure to his family he's just 55 years old as i said
0: yeah yeah that's that's young my friend uh we didn't we didn't think so too long ago <laughs> but that's young these days
1: that's yeah sure. well rest, see in, him
0: go. rest in peace john hey uh before dave gets here dave and By the way, Dave is finishing up his own show right at seven o'clock. That's why he's just going to be a few minutes uh, getting with us. Uh, Interesting stuff going over there at the Nova Care Center. And uh, there's going to be a lot of questions to ask Dave. And uh, who, man, lots of going on.
1: Yeah, I mean, we know that Wentz hasn't played well this season, but we also know that he hasn't had the weapons to work with. Uh, Doug Peterson can certainly get some of the blame. So uh, we'll get our take from uh, Dave Spadaro. See what we'll see what he has to say about this whole mess. And I think Dave is ready to join us now, Bill.
0: I think he is. Let's get uh, Dave. Welcome to Philly Press Box for the first as a first time visitor. Uh, we've been doing this about six and a half years, Dave. How did we not see you until tonight? I don't know what what have you been doing? What, what have you been looking at? If you're not looking
2: at me, I, I don't
1: know. Well, <laughs> we love first time anyway. guests, and you yeah, are a first timer. thank you, guys.
2: Uh, great to and, have and you. And by, by the way, yeah. thanks for finding me at the Eagles absolute bottom.
0: <laughs> like the
2: lowest moment of the of the last six years. Hey,
0: plenty yeah. of questions
1: for you. that's for sure, sure
0: there are. I'm sure there are.
1: <laughs> yeah, Dave. I mean, you're generally a very positive guy. You always try to have the positive spin. So this has really been a challenging year for you. I know that. And let, let's get right to it. The quarterback switch. A lot of people have, you know speculated this was going to happen over the last couple of weeks. And then there was the possibility after the Sunday game uh, that it would be, you know, going forward into the next game. We got the official announcement from the head coach on Tuesday. Jay Jalen hurts. will get the start. Uh, Do you think it's really a game by game decision now, or is hurts going to be the guy the rest of the season?
2: I mean, you can't look ahead. I mean, you have no idea what's going to happen. He's playing against a great defense in the saints. If he goes out there and has, who knows? I'm not even going to speculate on that. But, like, the Eagles need to be shaken up, okay? The offense has been terrible. Um, and Carson's played very poorly. And so I think everybody saw how the team responded on Sunday when Jalen came into the game. There was a lot more energy. Whether that translates to Sunday against the great Saints defense, I cannot answer that question. But it, it, it does not hurt Carson Wentz to, to just take a step back here. And and um, it's not like you're discarding Carson Wentz. You you you've got to figure out if you can get him back, and I think the Eagles believe they can get him back. And at the same time, you got to give Jalen a shot. He's a second-round pick, and he went in there and he did okay on Sunday. He he showed that the moment wasn't too large for him. So I think it is a game-by-game game thing, and truthfully, it's kind of a day-by-day day thing. Um, we'll see how it goes Sunday against the Saints. But I don't I don't I think when you're three-eight and one. You don't look ahead
0: to next year because you have no idea how it's going to all play out. Well, Dave, I want, I want to turn back the clock just a little bit, because this has been bugging me since January 9th. So I want to go okay. back to January 8th, January 9th, and and how it translates to today, if it does translate today. January 8th, Doug comes out. He says Mike Groh and Carson Walsh are safe. They're here. They're back. January 9th, Doug fires those two. Um, we now don't have an offensive coordinator. We now have our fifth wide receiver coach since 2015 in an area that has quite frankly been awful other than the Super Bowl year.
2: Wait, to hit me with the soft one first, Bill. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, well, you know, and then, and then you get the
2: coronavirus. It's going to be, gonna be a, cr- a chronological dismantling of the. No,
0: no. Yeah. <laughs> no, not really. I just I don't it, blame it, you. I don't blame you. It, it, it bothers me. It bothers me because Doug said all the right things. I have a hard time believing he thought his way through it and said, they're they're coming back. And the next day he thought his way through it. He fired them. He got, he got pressure from above, obviously, wherever that came from, Jeff or, or, or the the GM or whatever. But uh, how do you feel? That's that's your, that's your, that's your opinion. Um,
2: I would say that it, when you're three, eight and one, you take it, uh, you take responsibility. Okay. And I don't think the Eagles can point to much of anything that's worked out well this year. So, yeah, I mean, it's been, the offense has been lost um, and that's where most of the coaching changes came, obviously. So uh, I, I can't defend it with any sort of um, spin because it, it's the facts speak for themselves. Well, and Whether that was part, look, every move you make, when you do well, contributes to doing well every move you make that translates to not doing well also is part of the in part of it. So clearly that was a factor. How much of a factor? I don't know.
0: Well, and I think to follow up on that of no one's fault, the pandemic comes now you have Rager. Now you have uh, all, all these young kids, Fulgham, all these young receivers, and you can't see them. You, you know, they're not but but every, to but
2: it, in, in defense of, of that. Like, you know, truth be told every team had to go through that right okay. so the, the Eagles the, the before the season began, one of my thoughts was that the fact that Doug and Jim and Dave Sip were coming back in a division where there were three other new coaching staffs
1: that the Eagles had have, have an advantage and that clearly has not been the case to well speaking of those other teams thanks to uh the weekend's upset wins by the Giants and the Washington football team which still by the way sounds bizarre to me uh the mm-hmm. Eagles are now more of a long shot in the NFC East let's see if I get the standings up right there uh there we go come do you on have to man. remind us do you have to remind us uh, I'm sorry <laughs> but what I want to ask you uh with the standings as they are other than the quarterback play and maybe mix in a win or two what do you want to see Dave from the Eagles over the final month of the season?
2: I want you. You know, when you, I work for the team. I don't want to see a win or two. I want to see four wins. Of course. Uh, I so that that's what I want to see. Um, that's what I want to see. I'm not going to give up on it yet. The Eagles are not mathematically eliminated. I know it's very difficult. Saints, Cardinals, and you know the NFCs to finish it up. Um, but you certainly want to see young players develop. I want to see Travis Fulgham get back on track. What's happened to him is mystifying i'd love to see jordan malata finish the season strong i think he's an interesting player to watch the defense i'd like to see some of the younger players tj edwards josh sweat there's not a whole lot of younger players on that defense um i just want to see the eagles win i mean i, I want to see the team trend, going in the right direction i want to see jalen hurts change the energy level of the team is he a better quarterback than carson wentz i don't know that can in 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 sports does it does positive energy translate in different ways yes do i think this is tom brady replacing drew bledsoe i i have no idea but i look for the best i mean we work all week to get to sundays and you never go into sunday thinking i'm going to lose or hey i hope we play well or hope hope we i'm a proud member of the philadelphia eagles i i i understand that i'm in the media and and i speak to the fans and i Tell the, the truth as I know it, and, and and with with the understanding that I'm a member of the Philadelphia Eagles. So, to ask what I want, I want to win all
0: four of these gosh darn games ahead of us. Okay. Go. Well, hey Dave, you've been around football forever, long time. Uh, have you ever seen an offensive line get in a situation yeah. where they have had to change lineups every single week? Right, all but it, one.
2: Yeah, unbelievable. Bill, Bill, I going into the season, I was vehement. If anybody was listening, most people probably weren't. Um, that was, I have never seen an offensive line during my time with the Eagles since like the Buddy Ryan days when the offensive line was just crap every year uh, and bad draft picks through Rich Kotite and all that, just terrible. Such uncertainty because when Brandon Brooks went down, that was a huge loss, huge loss. To lose him in the spring, huge loss. And then knowing that, in my belief, Andre Dillard had a long way to go at left tackle, and then to see him in training camp, and he really needed more reps, more games. Jack Driscoll, these young linemen needed more reps, more, 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 more. I, I was worried about it then. To go through the injury rash that they've gone through, no, I've never seen anything close to like this. I'm not sure they're going to start the same group that they started on Sunday against the Packers up there. I'm actually anticipating a, a, perhaps a change. Um, so that would be 12 starting lineups in 13 games. Hmm. That is insane. And I, I don't doubt that that's contributed to Carson's yips or whatever you want to call them, or the offense's lack of ability to sustain, drive, or go deep. or You know, the long ball in this offense has been non-existent. again. So, um, yeah, the offensive lineman. You know, it's fans, they, they glamorize the – the guys who score the touchdowns and the guys who throw the touchdown passes. If you don't have an offensive line in football, you are dead meat, and that's where. And the Eagles have always had a really good offensive line, but it's
1: it, there's only so much you can do, and everybody, somebody, at least one person's getting hurt every week. Dave, I have to hit you with another tough question. I'm sorry. Uh, no, you're well good. aware of the fact that the fans, while not being able to be at the games, are not real happy these days. They're unhappy with the highly paid five-year veteran quarterback. They're not thrilled with the head coach and his play colleague much of the time. But they're also ticked off at the general manager. All of his, uh, All of this, rather, less than three years after that Super Bowl victory. And to be honest, the drafts of Howie Roseman have not yielded any top-tier stars the last five years. Is the criticism of his talent evaluation justified? Yeah, everybody's
2: – when you're 3-8-1, everybody's part of it. And, yeah, Howie's got to be better. Doug's got to be better. Everybody's got to be better. So, yes, it is valid. Okay. The draft the, the draft speaks for itself. Uh, I mean, look, the roster speaks for itself. The record speaks for itself. So, yeah, for sure.
0: Well, okay. And, Dave, as you look at this roster, and, and there are a lot of young players, Rieger and some others that are, are pretty good – uh, is there that one guy that you see that the Eagles fans can hang their hat on and say, you know what, this kid's going to be a star? Miles Sanders or anybody like that? It's a great question.
2: No. Miles, maybe. No. I mean, look, that's that's one of the things when you look at the roster. Do you see blue young blue-chip talent? depends on how you're defining it. It's hard to say that based on the performance this year. Defensively, do you see young rising talent? You know, you some of the young linebackers develop, but – maybe Josh Sweat, but there's not a whole lot of youth. Look, I, I don't, know. The Eagles are 3-8-1, okay? Right. I'm not trying to, I, I'm not here to make the Eagles into something that they're not. Um, when you, to, to get better, you have to face the facts. And the facts are that the Eagles are a 3-8-1 team and the roster is, is not
1: performing to the level the Eagles felt it would perform. Coaching staff isn't, the personnel department isn't, everybody is responsible. I want to get back to the quarterback situation. It's almost a certainty that Carson Wentz will be an eagle for at least the next season. Uh, I don't think they can do a trade because of the contract. Uh, there will be a massive cap hit if he's not here. Can Wentz recapture his old form if Doug Peterson is also back, or would it take a head coaching change for it to happen, do you think?
2: Well, I don't. I, I will say this the first part. I never count on anything, mm-hmm. ever. I was doing a radio show earlier today. And one of the hosts said, hey, I'm a big Bears fan. Tell the Eagles to trade Carson Wentz to the Bears. We'd love to have him. So, um, you know, you know, you have no – I'm not saying the Eagles are looking to trade him. I'm just saying right. you have no idea what's going to happen. Uh, the Eagles have to get more out of Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz has to get more out of Carson Wentz. Can Doug do it? Yes. He played at a very high level before. So I don't think that there's any problem with that. Uh, but I think that, you know – Everything that the Eagles do, from the way they um, coach the players to the way they have practices every day, to the way they're conducting their practices, the, the execution of their practices, um, will be. Is, is extremely important that you evaluate that and that you you can't say that it's just going to magically turn around. Can Doug bring him back? Yes. Is it going to be easy? I don't know. I've never seen a quarterback who's gone through this. Never in my life. Um, is it? We all hope it's momentary and it's, you know, keep building around him. But, but certainly from a day, it starts in the day to day process and the day to day process has to be better. So Doug can do it. Carson can do it, but it's gotta be done a lot better than what's happening right now. Mm -hmm.
0: Hey, Dave earlier, you mentioned Travis Fulgham. I wanted to go back to that for just a second. Uh, you know, we know about the numbers. We know he was leading the league there for a, a window, uh, now he can't hardly get on the field and Chet's man, Alshon Jeffrey, Chet is all <laughs> done with Alshon. Uh, I mean, this is a business. We we understand that this is a business and sometimes contracts play and players don't and, and all that stuff. What happened in that uh, Travis Fulgham situation that not only is he not being targeted, he's not getting on the field. Yeah,
2: it's, it's uh, certainly people are justified in looking at that and seeing what's going on. The Eagles have gotten very little production from their wide receivers Um. I wouldn't be surprised to see Fulgham get more reps, but also look, I mean, Fulgham, if, if Fulgham were doing the right things, I, I'm guessing like, like some, there's some reason because before Alsha was, when, how long has Alshon been playing? Three games? Has it been three games? Two so. or three games? Three. So, three. so it's been, so Travis has been in the last four games. He's caught like whatever, four or five passes. Like it's been non-existent. So something's going on there. I don't know what it is. And you always have to earn your playing time. I always believe the coaches put the players who give them the best chance to win on the field. Is there influence from above? Always with every team in every game. But I refuse to believe that Alshon Jeffrey is playing because he's just got the big contract. Um, Will that now, again, four games in now. Carson's getting all the all the attention. Are there going to be other changes that we just don't know about? We'll see. I mean, we'll see. Um, But it wouldn't it wouldn't make sense to me to take out Carson Wentz as the only player who's not been productive. Okay, Mm -hmm. we'll see what. I, I I I'm just saying this out of like what's going like you if you if you are addressing a football team, you go with those who are the most productive who give you a chance to win. So for whatever reason, Travis fell out of favor to a degree. Is it because of the contract? I have no evidence of that. I know there's tons of speculation. I just go with the premise that coaches and the organization put the best players on the field they think will help win. Obviously, Alshon Jeffrey has not been productive. Obviously, Travis Fogan has not been productive. Uh, Obviously, uh, when Carson was playing, okay, nobody was productive at wide receiver. Now, will that change with Jalen Hurts?
1: Let's talk next week. Dave, before we let you go, I want to play a game of fast five with you, but before that I have another question for you um, okay. if, if I'm not mistaken, even with the Eagles organization since 1997 when the internet era was still in its infancy and you know if we had the world wide Web, there was a dial-up modem it's a completely different world now of course Facebook, Twitter, a gazillion podcasts, etc does that all, all that stuff make your job easier or tougher?
2: Well, so my job's changed a bit. So back in the early 2000s, I ran all the content. So we were actually on the Eagles website, PhiladelphiaEagles.com, we were pioneers. We were romp, just romping through content. Um, then the all the social media came in. So we the Eagles content department really grew and I became more of the face of the team kind of guy. And so uh, it makes it, um, as an older guy, I resisted social media at first. Um, because I thought it was just a bunch of dumb shit that's up on the, on the, (laughs) everywhere and people, most kids like, but I've learned to understand that that is a a very effective way of communicating with people. And so I'm on inside. I do, I do podcasts. I do uh, the Eagles insider podcast, which is comes out three times a week. And then I do a, an Alexa style podcast where it's a three minute Eagles update daily. And then I do, I have my Instagram page, the Eagles, Eagles insider. And then I have a Twitter page, Eagles, uh, Eagles insider. So I've learned, I'm not as good on Twitter as I am on Instagram. Um, and I'm really good on podcasts. I understand the the various ways of creating content and putting it through all of the platforms. Does it make it harder? Nah. It makes it, you know, you just realize that you're kind of always on and people are always interested in, in what you're doing. And the more content you throw up there, I always tell this to kids who want to get in the business. I'm like, create your own channel. Go to YouTube and create your own channel. And people are like, people, kids think it's so easy to create content and it's not. It's, it's, I just happen to create about the Eagles, but it's, I see it as a great vehicle for people and I embrace it and I've learned to appreciate it more. And, um, you know, it's, it, my job is, and and now it's not only that, it's like I host events. Tonight, for example, I hosted a virtual wine event where former Mm -hmm. Eagles offensive lineman Trey Thomas has a bunch of uh, Eagles clients, premium service clients who have their families and they do like a, a paint and sip event. And then after that, after this, after I've done this, I go to another event, and it's a Crown Royal event where we do like a little Q and A with a couple of Eagles alumni, and the the um, the chef from uh, or the grand drink master or whatever from Crown Royal makes some drinks, we do a toast, and it's just a way of keeping fans engaged. So during the Eagle season, for me, I'm, I've always been 100 miles an hour, and then when the season is over, the faucet gets turned off, and I just become a normal. Boring person. You know, <laughs> yeah. We got
1: anything before uh we do fast five? No, go ahead. Let's do it. Oh, Bill, I'm sorry, go ahead. oh no, go ahead. Let's go. All right, let's do it. Uh okay. two minutes at the most for this. Five questions. They're all easy. Just want to get your uh take okay. on some things. Speaking of hosting things, Dave, number one, how big a thrill was it to ride in the float and then do the introductions and everything at the Eagles Super Bowl parade ceremony in 2018?
2: I have two children, and I will tell you that the greatest day of my life. Uh, was hosting the parade, because, winning the Super Bowl and then hosting the parade. Yeah. I didn't have to wait 52 years to have kids. It was amazing. It was awesome. Uh, uh, you know, I'll tell you one really quick story. I, they gave me the, tro- the Lombardi trophy was handed to me after the game. And I was like, I've been waiting my whole life. What am I going to do with the trophy? I, was, like, I, was, I panicked. I didn't know what to do. So I finally, like, cradled it like a baby. <coughs> Big kiss. And I didn't think that 80 other guys had kissed it. So by the time the parade came around, I was sick as a dog. But I had a great time. A great time.
1: Awesome. Number two, I've never heard Merrill Reese speak badly about anyone with one exception, Chip Kelly. What's your memory of Chip Kelly's three years here and your relationship with him? Uh, I had a terrible relationship with him. I don't like him at all and um, hope that UCLA loses by 100 points every game. (laughs) Amen. I love it. I love it. All right. Number three, I'll assume football is number one. What's your second favorite sport to watch? Basketball. Okay. Easy. Yeah. I love. No, it. I'm a Temple
2: Owls. I'm an Eagles football fan, a Temple Owls basketball fan, and then anything that I'm playing or anything my children are
1: playing. Okay, uh, uh, the Sixers. That's good. There are four weeks left in the regular season. What is the most likely matchup for Super Bowl Fifty Five? Green Bay and Kansas City. Oh, could be. And finally, number five. What is your favorite football movie? Um. I'm going to have to say Rudy
2: on that one. I like the, the emotional heartstrings of Rudy was crazy. Although I will say this, from back Brian. in the old days, back in the old days, uh, Brian's song was, again, another very emotional yeah. movie. And then North Dallas 40 uh, taught me all the, you know, the behind the scenes. Hey, wow, people are partying in football. Let me get into football. That'll be a fun time.
1: <laughs> I'll accept Brian's song or North Dallas 40. Well, I can't accept Rudy. Sorry. Okay. All right. Wait, don't you have a thing against Notre Dame? Well, yeah, that too. I Penn hate
2: I I hate and I hate Penn State. I'm a Temple guy. I hate I, Penn State. I, I, I didn't grow up with, with college football, so you know there, there wasn't much of a presence in, in at Temple back then in college football. I got you. All right,
0: All right. Hey, hey Dave. Before we let you go, uh, you hit on a few things. Let everybody know how they could follow you. Uh, you've got a ton of things going on. Hit them. Hit them again.
2: Yeah. Uh, uh, Instagram, the Eagles Insider. I do well there. Twitter, um, Eagles Insider. At Eagles Insider. And then our podcast, our Eagles Insider podcast and the Eagles update. So I would appreciate you uh, hanging in there, Eagles fans. It's been a tough year for everybody. Um, if God had told you that you're going to win the Super Bowl and then you're going to make the playoffs two years in a row after that, albeit struggling seasons, and then the year after that, you were going to really not be very good, you would have taken it. And you still yeah. take it now. So all yeah oh, everybody.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, Dave. Well, hey, thanks for coming by. Uh, we hate that it took six and a half years, and so let's do this again. Anytime, guys. That was a pleasure. All right. Thanks, okay. Dave. Thanks. thanks. Thank you. Take, Take care. care. All right, Jen, if you're looking for insurance in the tri state area, we got the spot for you All State Insurance in Westchester, PA. Yes, indeed,
1: Bill. One of the best benefits of having an Allstate insurance policy is getting a local agent like Dave LaVoy who is dedicated to you. Building that personal relationship means you can work with someone who knows you and understands your family's needs. Someone you can call when you have questions or need help. Dave is dedicated to protecting what is most important to you and your family. Call Dave today at Allstate in Westchester, Pennsylvania. The phone number is 610-430-0700. Once again, Bill, it is 610-430-0700. Give him a call. And now we have this for you. Hi, football fans. This is Merrill Reese. And you're listening to Bill and Chet on Philly Press Box Radio. It's good!
0: Let's say this. uh... I don't know, you know, we, we always talk about good coming out of Merle, but bang, Dave Spadaro was good.
1: He was, man. Dave does a nice job. I'm glad we finally got him on. Let's get you back on the screen. I don't want to see just me up there. Hey, uh, yeah, Dave did a nice, nice job. And he is a tough job because, you know, as he said, he works for the Eagles, so he's not going to be overly critical. We know that. But he also, you know, gives you a lot of good insight and, uh, you know, kind of sneaks in some of his own opinion on what's going on. So, yeah, Dave, Dave is a good, good man.
0: Oh, and I will tell you, I I feel like he was he was much more forthcoming than I was actually expected to. Hey, we're three eight and one. We we're not playing well, one any, anywhere. Yeah, uh, you know, he said three eight one about five times. We yes, only he put the did. standings up there once. So yes, he did. Uh, yeah, I mean, great stuff. I thought, and uh, a, a little bit of insight, and and I really find it interesting. Uh, uh, his comment about the rising stars, who are they, and. There aren't any, and that's that's telling. Uh, That is kind of scary. I I wasn't sure where that answer was going to go, but hey. All right, hey, I told you I had a bombshell for you. Here it is. Uh I have a little bit of an insider scoop because I have a little connection that tells me that Major League Baseball owners have a rumor going around that if there are not fans in the stands, there will be no summer baseball this year, my friend. Whoa. Yeah. You know, I said this, was it last week, week before, when they cut the 80 people, I said spring training is just the short time away. Um, Are we having spring training? And I I was being a little bit facetious with that, but you got to have the people in order to run the spring training, right? So. Then this week, I had a conversation with somebody that's in the know, and they certainly, this isn't a fact. This isn't a fact, but the owners are basically saying we cannot have the losses that we have. We will rather not play than take those losses again.
1: Well, that sucks, quite frankly, Uh, if that turns out that way because look I know they may have lost some money this year I know they're going to lose money in the next year probably with or without fans uh you know for at least part of the seasons uh but suck it up guys you're going to make your money back and then some over the following few years I'm confident that we will get this pandemic kicked to an extent you know before too long and that fans will be back just suck it up this year lose a little money so what you'll be fine in 2022 2023 and if that is the case bill that we don't have fans in the stands and therefore no baseball there'd be a lot of unhappy fans
0: yeah but i again i guess we go back to a conversation we had four or six weeks ago whatever it was uh a little bit of money is 150 to 180 to 200 million dollars of money that's not yours So uh, a little bit of money is a lot of money to the point you let 80 80 people go. uh, And that was just in this wave. They let people go before that. Um, So obviously they're running a business and it's a cost-cutting business right now. And uh, geez, you know, it kind of leaves me a a little concerned that there could actually be a summer without baseball.
1: Yeah, boy, you're just trying to depress me more. You know, we, we lost all these
0: great people and now, uh, no baseball. Say it ain't so, Bill. Well, say it ain't so. I, I don't know what to tell you, but uh, I didn't make that up by any means. It's uh, sure. uh it came from uh, someone that I would call a rel- reliable source that has got their ear to the ground because it affects their employment. So, uh, Anyhow, that let's, was sneak, my, let's sneak in some talk about that red-hot Penn
1: State Nittany Lion football team.
0: Yeah, yeah, let's do it. They started 0-5. They won their last two. Um, they're trying to finish – well, they played 2-4 and four Michigan State this week if Michigan State plays. There's some rumblings about that as well. Uh, Chet, there's no moral victories in football, my friend, but a 3-0 finish after how bad they were playing certainly gives a little glimmer of hope for the future.
1: Well, first of all, they haven't gotten that third win in the books just yet. I know the games at Beaver Stadium, I believe the Nittany Lions are like two touchdown favorites, 14 and a half points when I checked, which frankly shocked me, by the way. But yeah, a win would be nice. And uh, I think, are they still going to have those crossover division games the following week or is that off the books now?
0: Uh, I looked at the Penn State schedule when I put this together, just to be sure I was on track, and it is it shows this is their last game.
1: Yeah, because I know before the season started, they said after the eight games there was going to be you know a matchup with the team in the corresponding other division that, in the same place as you. But yeah, that may not be happening now because of the the COVID cancellations and all that.
0: Yeah, and and you know the Big Ten has their own other problem that I guess mm-hmm. they tried to resolve this afternoon with a, with a vote, but uh, basically. The best team in the conference, Ohio State. They're canceled this week against Michigan, which is probably good news for Jim Harbaugh, so he doesn't take a fifty nothing <laughs> final beating before he gets fired. Yeah, uh, but that means Ohio State finishes five and zero. The Big Ten rule is you got to play six games. Ohio State does not meet the criteria, uh, which means Ohio State would be out, and you'd be looking at an Indiana Northwestern Big Ten championship game. Uh, it also Keeps them out of the Final Four if they would to be able to get in there. But they made a, a ruling today, one of those rulings that just happened to show up and said, um, we're going to change the rule. Ohio State can be in it, even though they're not going to play uh, Michigan because they already beat Indiana, and they are the best team on that side. So they broke their own rule to make their own new rule. Ohio State will be in, which – if they are able to beat Northwestern, uh, has a chance to go to the Final Four.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I know it's kind of silly to say, well, hey, you can't change the rules midstream, but let's be honest. They probably are the very best team in the conference, and they should be the team going, and it's 2020. So rules change from day to day, from week to week. So, uh, you know, so be it. Suck it up, Hoosiers. It's just the way it is. The Buckeyes are the better team and probably deserve to be going.
0: Yeah, well, I think so. And, and we have a we have a question right here from uh, Mike Gibson puts up there. Texas A&M isn't playing this week. Maybe yeah. they should play each other. And, you know, maybe they should. But then the rules come back into play. They're not allowed to play out a non-conference yeah. game in the Big Ten at this juncture. So, uh, Mike, that's why that's not going to happen. And, uh, and Texas A&M actually has played more games and does qualify. They only have one loss, but that was to Alabama which puts them on the sidelines as well Uh, unless Alabama shellacks Florida and maybe uh, Texas A&M can slide back in there. But either way, Penn State needs to beat Michigan State.
1: (laughs) Yeah, good luck. Uh, I think they will. Uh, But you know what? When you were going to put me on the spot and try to come up with a solution before what happened today happened, I was going to suggest what Mike did, uh, have Ohio State play somebody else out of the conference, like Texas A&M or whoever. I didn't know who was off, but I knew some teams were going to be off this weekend. And you were going to say, well, that's not in the rules. And I was going to say, hey, it's 2020. You break the rules. And they ended up breaking the rules in another way, so.
0: Well, and, and you know, Brigham Young did that. They stepped up and came all the way across country to play Coastal Carolina because they both had openings, and, yeah. and it might have been the best game of the whole season. It was, it was a classic. Yeah. So uh, they lost. They might, they might wish they didn't do that, but uh, it, it was kind of cool that they they said, "Hey, we'll play." Sent their uh, sent their buses and trucks and everything uh, across the country and flew over there and played Coastal Carolina. Good stuff. And you know what? I'm going to play some music now and wake up Freddie Burns. It's time to get Edge of Philly Sports Network. Freddie Burns back to talk starts and sits this week in fantasy football. We got some Eagles talk for you again, Fred, and uh, more predictions. Welcome back. What's up, guys? How we doing? A lot has changed. Freddie, that beard's looking a little thicker. Are you letting that grow or what?
3: Yeah, until it, the Eagles win. You oh,
1: know?
3: <laughs> or maybe I'll be Santa Claus. Who
0: knows? There you wow. go. Wow. Well, Fred, let's real quick, we'll, we'll get to some Eagles talk here in a minute, but go ahead and give us your uh, starts. It says fantasy football is basically over, right? It's playoff time now, so there's not a lot of jockeying, right? Am I right on that? Right. So
3: I'm going to hold the starts and sits to my article on Sunday morning. But basically, yeah, if you, this is playoff time now. So either you have your, your roster or you don't. What I would advise, I did advise it a few weeks ago, but now even more, make sure you pick up the backup in every single possible position you can to your main players so that if, if said person goes down, someone else doesn't scoop them up on the waiver wire because there'll be situations where, you know, even if say X team is stacked at running back and your top running back goes down, they're going to, and if they're, if they're ahead of you on the waiver wire, they're going to go grab that running back just to block you from getting them. So you got to make sure that you prepare for the playoffs. And if you got a bye week same thing, you know, get ready.
0: And you basically just got to prepare for injuries at this point. Well, let's see how that goes. And, uh, hey, I, I, I mentioned last week about Zach Ertz, and I thought when that game started out, Zach Ertz was going to be a key factor. Uh, You know, Carson did throw something to him here pretty early, and then uh it all just went south. You know, I right after you
3: said it last week, I'm like, oh, I can't believe that that skipped my mind. That was a great, great call. And I thought the same thing. And he ran, went, got out of the pocket, slung it back. I'm like, okay. Then it even seemed like the game plan – turn toward Goddard a little bit even, but yeah,
0: nah, I don't, I don't know what, what's going to happen with hurts. <laughs> yeah. Well, Hey, a couple more Eagles questions. Let's talk about why we have, we have a little bit of time. Uh, and I wanted to talk Eagles with you, Fred. Um, you know, when you look at the offense and you look at what Doug has done, forget, forget that we've got a quarterback change. It really appears to me again, the receivers weren't open. The, the line wasn't blocking again, but, It looked to me like the offense was very dumbed down, that it was like, uh, you know, you got three seconds to get rid of that ball, not four and a half, like normal, and they were just single routes and no one was open. I agree with you. It's been – I feel like they've simplified it the last few weeks
3: because it's slowly looked worse. Even though it was bad in the beginning, it's looked like really bad. And when your first read isn't there and your line isn't blocking – you're going to take sacks and you know, that's exactly what happened even after Hertz gave them that jolt and that spark. But if you notice that was all him running out of the pocket, you know, the throw down the sidelines, the touchdown to Greg Ward, that that's never done the the playbook. It's never done him or Wentz within the pocket. It's always outside or a scramble play where the receivers are off their routes and they kind of get open within the, the quarterback scrambling. So, it's definitely dumbed down. I agree, but I don't think it matters what they do. They, they, they don't get open and there's certainly not enough time to, to get to your second or sometimes your
1: second, you're definitely not getting your third read. I heard a couple things today. Uh, first thing I heard Doug actually say that they might run the ball more with Jalen hurts as quarterback. (laughs) Why wouldn't he do that for Carson Wentz to help him out? But no, maybe they're just trying to set up Wentz to fail. I don't know, but We'll see what happens with that. The second thing, and this was the best thing I heard all day, was that both Jason Peters and Alshon Jeffrey are a little nicked up and might not play on Sunday. Now, I don't know if those are, you know, phantom new injuries or maybe just a way to say, hey, it's time, move on, and let's get Fulgham and uh, the the young guy uh, more playing time. And uh, I'm talking Milata on the O-line and then uh, Hightower and – Fulgham to play uh, more snaps. So boy, I hope that happens.
0: Well, you know, Chad, I was gonna ask you uh about Peters if you've seen enough of that uh disaster. Uh, you know, he got hurt again. Uh, he gets hurt every week. Uh it's it's just time to move on from that. And and you know, I I was gonna I wanted to talk a little bit more uh with Dave about Jeff Stoutland and his and his offensive line. Uh but it, I guess it's it, – these guys are all supposed to be pros, but it's also very difficult, like we said, when you change the offensive line 12 times in 13 weeks. It's, uh, it's so complicated. There's no cohesion. So how can you
3: get on the same page? How – so, like, there's tip, There's those throws where Wentz – clearly there's a guy wide open and either makes a bad throw or just misses him. But, like, if 80% of the time you got a guy coming at you from any part of the line – You're not safe back there. You're not comfortable. So you don't. You almost don't believe what you see, or you're like, "Oh, I'm going to get hit." So you're unsure of yourself, and it's uh, the cohesion. If you have 12 combinations offensive line, I don't know how you can run the ball to to the point we were making. Like we're getting on Doug for not running the ball, but they don't have players that can run block. (laughs) <laughs> right. and maybe they do get a, a block here, uh, a yardage here. So the stats, let's say, look good. So I'll go back to the Pittsburgh game, and it looked like uh, Miles Sanders had, uh, I, I don't know, he had 90-some yards rushing or something like that, and it looks like six carries, 90 yards. But we forget he had an 83-yard run that he broke one. You know, the, so the, the rest of them were two-yard plays, and right. you, you watch that during the week, and they become
0: one-dimensional. It's It's just an absolute mess. Yeah. Well and, and Chad, I want to throw out here too, uh for you, we'll throw this to you, is Darius Slay, uh, you know, on a defensive side was playing fantastic. Uh the last two weeks, he has just gotten torched by a couple really good receivers. Oh, yeah. But uh and now he's injured too. I, I don't know what his latest is, if he's out or, or not. But uh Darius Slay has has been a real problem the last couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, and as you said, he's gone up against some real good wide receivers, and he's got another one this week, Michael Thomas, I guess uh, Hopkins after that. So uh, it's it's not going to be easy, but I do think Schwartz should give him some help, but he's been reluctant to do that. He just kind of lets Slay out there on his own. And, yeah, he hasn't put up to the challenge the last two weeks, that's for sure.
0: Fred, what's your thought on the whole Darius Slay thing? Uh, I, I mean, like you said, he played well early, but not so much now. I think this secondary would look a lot worse if he
3: wasn't on the field. But I think we're at the point, though, in his career that when he goes up against these young star receivers, he's not going to shut them down. You know, it's not – he's not – we were sold that, that he's going to shut these corners, these uh, receivers down. But I don't know that he can do that without some kind of help from the other guys, you know. So to just stick him on DK Metcalf – you know, was a question mark to me. I'm like, well, you have to put him on Metcalf because he's your best corner, but Metcalf is a monster. <laughs> like Slay's a little smaller. That matchup didn't make sense. And then Devontae Adams, the same thing. So he's definitely given his all, and I like how he gives accountability and, and yeah. calls himself out. But, you know, I, I think he's more like if he gets that second-tier corner, he's going to shut him
0: down. But when you got the star, he need, he's going to need help. All right, hey, we got to get to our predictions, but a question just popped up here I'm going to throw to you guys off the Eagles for just a second, real quick. Do you think the Sixers sign Harden? chat I don't think the trade's going to happen uh,
1: because I think it would take Simmons or Embiid to be part of the deal, and Maury says he's not giving up on his two young superstars, so – I don't think they would have enough to get Harden otherwise with, you know, Tobias Harris and Matisse Thybul and a draft pick or two. Maybe they could, but I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think Harden's going to be a Sixer. Fred? Fred?
3: I agree with your points, and I just want to add to that. Also, I don't think the Rockets are very fond of Mori either. You know, he said, yeah. oh, I need to take a year off, <laughs> and now he's with the Sixers with Doc Rivers making all these deals. So, I mean, they're, it's not like they're going to cut him a break on a deal. The only way it happens, I think, is at the trade deadline. And we honestly have the best offer because the Nets aren't going to sell the house either.
0: Yeah. Okay. Okay. Let's get our uh well, first of all, how'd we do on last week's games? Uh Chet, the standings are getting pretty close. Well, upset wins
1: by the Giants and that darn Washington football team put a dent in both Fred's and my week. We both did correctly pick the Packers to beat the Eagles. But me, like a dope, I decided to pick the Cowboys to upset the Ravens. I don't know what I was thinking. Uh, That didn't happen. So Fred has regained a one-game lead. He is 34-19. I am 33-20. One game back, as I said. Oh, well. Okay.
0: Let's see how we do this week. Four games, all NFC East, bum games. Let's see how these bums do. Giants coming off a huge win in Seattle. They host Arizona. There was no line as of last night. Dallas visits the Bengals. The Cowboys were minus three and a half. Now, that was before last night's game was over. It's halftime when I wrote this up. All right. Washington, as we said, coming off a huge win over Pittsburgh, visits the 49ers. The min- Niners are minus three and a half. Eagles host the Saints. The Saints are minus seven. So Fred and who Bill, do you like? hey, hang on, Bill. I want to add one more game because it should be a good game. It's the Sunday night football
1: game. Pittsburgh at Buffalo. The Bills favored by one and a half. So let's add Pittsburgh and Buffalo too.
0: All right. Go ahead. Fred, who you like? Cardinals and Giants.
3: Giants have won what? Five in a row. They they're very well coached. They they look like they're they're getting better, but the Cardinals have lost a few here in a row. I think the Cardinals come out and get a
1: W. I agree. Arizona beats the Giants, ends that little winning streak. Arizona wins.
0: All right. The gosh awful Dallas Cowboys visit the Cincinnati Bengals. Cowboys minus three and a half. Go figure. Yeah, the Bengals
3: are aren't that great either. The Cowboys. I can't believe they. What did they give up? Three hundred yards rushing. That just tells me this team's quit. You don't give up three hundred yards rushing in the NFL this this day and age, especially in a game <laughs> when you're down seven. It's not looking good for them. I'm going to go with the
1: Bengals. Uh, I thought you might take Dallas, but nope. I'm also taking the Bengals at home, even though they're a little bit of an underdog. Bengals are going to beat the Cowboys. Boy,
0: Dalton against his old team, too, I forgot. Yeah, Yeah, that surprises me, Chet, because you've taken the Cowboys. I have, and I usually regret it, so not this week.
3: (laughs) Do you still got your Daniel Jones jersey from last year?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Never got a jersey, pal. Washington visits the 49ers, Niners minus three and a half. I don't – the Redskins look like they're playing well, but they just beat Pittsburgh.
3: I'm going to go with the 49ers here, but I'm I'm reluctant to. I, Rivera's a good coach, man, and uh, they're going to be ready to play. I think it's close. I'm going to take the
1: 49ers. I'm also taking the 49ers. I thought you might go Washington there, uh, but nope. We're, we're staying uh, the same here. I took San Fran.
0: All right. Well, let's jump ahead <laughs> and we'll, we'll hold the Eagles for last. So, let's go. Buffalo – who's a Buffalo – Pittsburgh. Oh, yeah, hosting Pittsburgh. Okay, and it's a You're one point game. One and
1: a half. Bills.
0: One and a half. Buffalo. This is gonna be a good game. I'm
3: glad you added this, Chet. Um, I think Pittsburgh defense shows up, especially after last week.
1: The loss, I'm gonna go with the
3: Steelers here to, to beat, beat Buffalo.
1: I think Pittsburgh's something of a fraud. Not the total fraud, but just not eleven and one worthy. So I am taking Buffalo at home to show their stuff on Sunday night football. The Bills are going to beat the Steelers.
0: Wow. You've, you've lost it. Okay. <laughs> you've lost it. Eagles, host the Saints. Saints minus seven. Go ahead and take the Birds. You're out there somewhere. Go ahead.
3: Um, I did think about taking the Birds here today because I just feel like it's just something to make this mess even crazier that they will do. I just feel like – but then after I heard Kelsey and Fletcher Cox's comments, they tried getting a spark. I saw – I'm stealing this from somewhere, but The Athletic, an article in The Athletic, they tried getting a spark. I think they're about to have a fire inside that locker room. It's going to be split. I think they lose to the Saints, and uh, the Saints defense is is going to figure out hurts. You know, you can't – he can't run all day.
1: He can't just run all over the field. They're going to lock him down, and then that's going to be it. There's no logical reason to pick the Eagles, and I'm not going to do it. So I have the Saints winning 27-17.
0: All right. Okay, Fred, let the viewers know before you go, uh, your social media outlets and everything you have going on. You can
3: catch me, uh, Freddie Burns, on Facebook and on Twitter and Instagram at FredHugo underscore. And then Wednesday nights at 9:30 p.m. on Edge of Philly Sports. Tonight we got a great guest, Brandon Lee Galton from Bleeding Green Nation. Uh, yes, he's he. This is a week to get him. I was happy that I lucked out to get him. So to tune in, and then on Sunday mornings, I got articles from fantasy starts and sits, as well as uh, bets for that week that you might want to put, or bets for that Sunday that you might want to put in as well.
0: All right, Fred. Thanks, Thanks so Fred. for taking the time to join us, and we will see you next Wednesday. See you guys. All right. Hey, Chad, let's give a shout out to our partners over at the Edge of Philly Sports Network and their shows. You can check them out. The Broad Street Philly Podcast. Drew, Jeff, and Doyle talking Flyers hockey with some amazing guests. Yeah, Bird's IQ. That's every Monday at 7 p.m. live with Kyle and Eric Quinn talking all Eagles. And they were busy this week as well. Edge of Philly Sports Live, as Fred just mentioned, him and Big Al and Joe. They cover four for four, all the sports, and so much more in the Philly sports area. Watch live Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can check out all the shows at www.eopsports.com. Help us out by hitting those subscribe, follow, like buttons, and always share with your friends and family. And Chet, while we're there, uh, let's talk about the YouTube channel for Philly Press Box Radio. Hey, don't forget about these guys, too. Did you mention these guys, the Patterson Avenue Fanatics? No, i got to adjust my paperwork.
1: I want to mention the fact that Tom Kelly and his gang at Patterson Avenue Fanatics are now back in business officially. They returned last weekend. They don't do it Saturday night. That would be silly. It's Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. Tom and the guys from Patterson Avenue Fanatics, check them
0: out, won't you? Thank you. All right. Hey, Chet, let's jump over. Let's talk about that uh, Philly Press Box Radio website. It's up and running. Uh, and we also have that YouTube channel up and running.
1: Yeah. Uh, let's see. What do we have going on, on the website? You know, we got such great response to some of our recent things on the YouTube channel. Um, the d lineum interview that we had a few weeks ago it was a huge hit it was our most ever watched or listened to interview people love sixers basketball and
0: apparently they love d Lino. so that was good to see um and we yeah. also i posted the yeah. ray fossey dick allen yes uh, reposted that again uh, in the last couple of days and that's been looked at a bit too yeah people are really uh you know not
1: excited, but they're really saddened by the Dick Allen news. And so a lot of people wanted information on Dick Allen this week, and it was very wise of you to post the Ray Fossey visit when he talked about Dick Allen, because he certainly had a lot of respect for uh, Dick Allen, because, uh, you know, back in the seventies, loved watching Dick Allen hit that ball.
0: All right. Well, hey, Chad, let's take another quick break. Thank our friends at the PPCC 118 Raz Room. They post great sports memorabilia, on their Facebook page, so people can take the chance of winning something they may not be able to afford or have access to. All items come with certificates of authenticity. They continue to run out great autograph memorabilia from all the Philly teams and more. They have 11 line razes, mystery boxes, and now a memorabilia shop. Check out their Facebook pages. Like them or follow them. It's PPCC 118 razroom and PPCC 118 Raz Shop on Facebook. Well, Mr. Chesko, uh, let's talk about next week's guests right quick. Uh, Dave Spadaro and Freddie Burns, pretty darn good tonight.
1: Oh, yeah. In addition to Freddie Burns, I I totally forgot who we had. In addition to Freddie Burns joining us as usual, we have a former Eagle making what has become an annual visit. Everybody loved this guy when he played for the Eagles. Freddie Barnett. Arkansas Fred, a favorite of mine from the early 90s. And, uh, yeah, this will be the sixth straight fall that he has joined us. In fact, it was about the same week, mid-December last year, that he was on. Fred is always a fun interview and a guy who provides plenty of insight as well. So, looking forward to that one.
0: Absolutely. All right. That gets us to our parting shot. Uh, Check. You're up, and uh, I actually know what you're not. Who you? Well, who you're going to talk about, but not what you're going to say. But so I'm going to follow up on that as well. Did you notice I changed my shirt while you were talking about
1: the uh, other shows? I went from the green shirt to this, my Dick Allen shirt, okay, that I got from the campaign to try to get him into the Hall of Fame. And uh, here's what I did. I pre-recorded this because just too much to say and to not screw it up. So this is my parting shot about the great Dick Allen. Yet another reminder that this is 2020. Former baseball slugger Dick Allen taken from us the day after he should have been elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame. Of course, that didn't happen. The planned election didn't happen because the Hall's Golden Days Committee decided to postpone its scheduled vote for a full year due to the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, Zoom? Nope. Shame on you, Baseball Hall. I was a young kid in the 1960s. Thankfully, I have no real memory of that epic Philadelphia Phillies collapse in September of 1964, the year the power hitting Richie Allen won National League Rookie of the Year honors. I started watching Phillies baseball in earnest in 1966, and I very quickly became a fan of that young slugger from Wampum, Pennsylvania, who used a 40-ounce bat and would often hit mammoth home runs completely out of Connie Mack Stadium. His at-bats were must-see TV long before network television started using that phrase.
0: Allen has 18 home runs, 44 RBIs. There she goes! Oh, what a drive! Right over the soft drink sign on the roof. He
1: is too much. I didn't know that many fans didn't like him because of his skin color or because he had gotten into a fight with a popular white player two years earlier. I didn't know anything about the racism that he endured as a minor leaguer in Little Rock, Arkansas in 1963. I just knew that I liked watching him play baseball. Yeah, there were some controversies involving Allen during his first stint with the Phils, occasional tardiness, missed curfews, drinking, doodling cryptic messages in the infield dirt, and eventually demanding and getting a trade out of Philadelphia. But it rarely took away from his hitting prowess. After leaving Philly and after single seasons in St. Louis and Los Angeles, Dick ended up in Chicago with the White Sox under manager Chuck Tanner, and in 1972, he earned AL MVP honors. Over his first 11 seasons, 1964-74, to 74, Allen's plus-68.5 war, or wins against replacement, was better than that of Hall of Famers Hank Aaron, Frank Robinson, and Carl Yastrzemski and others. The seven-time All-Star ended up back with the Phillies in 1975, spending two seasons with the team that was becoming a perennial contender thanks to players like Mike Schmidt, Greg Lazinski, Gary Maddox, Larry Boa, and, oh, yeah, Steve Carlton. It's great that the Phillies in September broke with tradition and officially retired Dick Allen's number 15. It's just a shame that when he enters baseball's Hall of Fame, and I'm confident he will, it'll be done so posthumously sincere condolences to the allen family including his widow willa and of course to our buddy mark carfagno who has for several years now headed the dick allen belongs in the hall of fame campaign rest in peace slugger
0: very good very good well chad i'm going to i'm going to tag on to that for just a second because uh you know uh, over the years i have developed a little bit of a memorabilia collection uh as as you're aware, and you can see some of it behind me, uh, the Phillies wall. But it all started in 1985, Jet, with this autographed picture. Huh. This is the first of the collection, uh, 1964 uh, Phillies. And uh, Dick Allen was at a show at a hotel in Prospect Park, Pennsylvania, right by the airport. And I went and got my first autograph. It was $4, which led to... The entire 1964 Phillies set is signed. Wow. So that, I got three autographs that day. That was one. This little gem was another. I can't read it. Who's that? That would be Rich I, Allen. I, Rich Allen also. Okay. And then I followed that up with another ball. It's signed by Rich Allen, but then I did it the hard way. And have the sixty-four Phillies on that ball. Wow. But it all started in nineteen eighty-five at Prospect Park, Pennsylvania. Richie Allen was the first autograph. Dick Allen was the first autograph in the collection that is now thirty-five years old and uh, pretty much covers everywhere <laughs> I could
1: see. You have a good wife, Bill Furman.
0: Oh uh, well, she she well that I do. Yes, absolutely I do. <laughs> No doubt. All right. Anything else before we go? Uh, Army, Navy this Saturday. I
1: know it's not going to be the same. Not in Philly. No fans. It's at West Point. But enjoy the game. I know it's one of your favorites. So uh, enjoy that. And happy Hanukkah to all of our friends as well.
0: America's game right there. there. Army, Navy. All right. Let's wrap it up. Let's thank tonight's special guest, Dave Spadaro, Freddie Burns, our sponsors, the Irish Rover Station House, Bob Sullivan's LikeYourAge.com, PPCC 118, Razz Room, and Dave LaVoy of Allstate Insurance in Westchester. For Jim Chesko, this is Bill Furman. We hope you enjoy the show. We'll join Philly Press Box Radio next Wednesday, December 16th at 7 p.m. You can see us live on Facebook or listen through our website, phillypressboxradio.com, on blogtalkradio.com slash Radio, on Google Podcasts as well as Apple Podcasts and others. With that, high hopes, Philadelphia sports fans.